Welcome to the Underdog Jets podcast with Wayne Corbett and Robbie Sabo. Welcome to the Underdog Jets podcast with Wayne Corbett, and we're back after a one-week hiatus. Wayne, how's everything tonight on this NCAA championship night, Kansas and UNC? Good. Looking forward to a exciting game tonight. Didn't picture uh, these two teams in the final, but uh, you know it's going to be an exciting one. You know, I'll be happy for Hubert Davis to get a, his first uh, championship as a coach. But I am a Kansas fan as well, so I'm just hoping for a good game. Yeah, I, uh, I I've never been a big Duke guy, and um, so so I'm really not. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm crying, I'm not really crying too much because uh, I loved Hubert Davis as a Knicks fan in the nineties. And, um, you know, it's been a good tourney. I think UNC, I think UNC is actually going to pull it off for some reason tonight. Well, we'll see. Like I said, I was a big Knicks fan, obviously. So watching him, um, you know, it's nice. It'd be nice to see someone new win it to have won it in a while. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I didn't want Gonzaga to win or any of those teams. So, I like an underdog in UNC. Is uh, I think they're a four-point dog, so uh, it's a live dog. How about uh, St. Peter's? Yeah, did you uh, follow St. Peter's through it? Yeah. You know, I, I didn't get a chance to see many of the games. I saw the highlights, but it's a nice story. Everybody likes the Cinderella story. Um, if you look at the, you know, statistically, the amount of players, you know, scholarship guys, how many people are in their school, it is, you know, David and Goliath, and they took down some big teams. Good old Jersey City coming through to the Elite yeah. Eight. Um, yeah, you gotta love it when a when a small school does their thing like that. Um, so on the docket tonight, we're gonna briefly touch on the Tyree Kill trade because we haven't discussed that yet, even though it's old news. We're gonna review some uh, Drake London highlights, and we're not we won't get too technical with the film. We got Joe Blewett who does a great job there, so we'll roll the film while uh, people on YouTube could comment and chat. And um, ask you questions. Start asking questions around 8.15, 8.20. We'll be with you until about 8.30, 8.35. And uh, maybe some World Series picks if we have enough time because opening day is a few days away here. So Tyree Kill, as we all know, Jets fans, I think it was about an hour and a half, not even. They were giddy because the word was, and it, and it was legit, you know, Joe Douglas swung for the fences it came down to the Dolphins and the Jets for Tyreek Hill. It, it happened suddenly, happened out of nowhere. Uh, people think it happened because of Devontae Adams' deal with Vegas. In the end, you know, both trade packages were solid. Jets were given up both seconds, and I think it was their third. And But Tyreek Hill chose his home state of Florida, his offseason home. He was born in Georgia. You know, I kind of thought he would go that way. Florida is a popular choice for pro athletes. 
and Jets fans were, you know, kind of heartbroken, even though it was sort of a, you know, home run swing. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on the Tyreek Hill miss here? Um, I think it's for the better. I think, you know, what we got out of it is that obviously Joe Douglas is willing to put some packages together and make some moves. Um, I think he's a little overrated to begin with anyway. You know, oh, Tyreek Hill? Yeah, you know, playing with a quarterback. Like, I'd rather have Devontae Adams for mm-hmm. the money than for, for Tyreek Hill. He's kind of a one-trick pony. I mean, Mahomes just throws it up to him as, fat, as, hard, as far as he can. Plus, I'm a little pissed the way he, you know, handled it. Obviously, he had no intentions of going to the Jets. Zero percent chance he was going to go to Miami the whole time. Uh, They probably used the Jets to sweeten the deal a little bit. But um, at least it shows Joe Douglas is willing to make moves. And obviously, the rumor mill is now A.J. Brown or uh, D.K. Metcalf. And I'd rather have the two of those guys. They're younger. They're certainly going to be a little cheaper. But, uh, you know, definitely, you know, alpha, you know, one uh, receivers. So hopefully get one of those two. But, you know, we're excited for 15 minutes. uh, And I think you should still be excited that Joe Douglas is going to make a move like that. Yeah. And like you said, if they use the Jets as leverage, who cares? When when you have a chance to get a guy like this who's a game breaker. And, yeah, I agree with you to a degree in terms of the one trick pony. But the way the league is played now, it's just. You can't stop him sometimes. Uh, how Tua, how he'll work with Tua will be interesting. But the quote was, who? The Jets. I knew I was going to pick Miami no matter what. Tyree Kill said, I'm basically from here. I'm here all the time. This is home. End quote. That's right. So, and I don't blame him for that. You, shoot, $100 million, What's he going to make? An extra $13 million, Not enough to pay New York State tax? Right. Yeah. So, um, listen, good luck having Tua throw, a, throw the ball 60 yards, 70 yards downfield. It's not going to happen. No, no, he's gonna no, be no, yeah, a frustrated, yeah. He's going to be a frustrated person. And I'm thinking week uh, four or five before he's uh, looking for a trade or something stupid like yeah. that. You could understand a water pistol for an arm for a 38-year-old, but not a, not a guy in his fourth year in his league, in the league, you know? Yeah. So Tyreek Hill goes to Miami. And it's interesting. It, it's a sign that Douglas is in on the veteran receiver. So like you said, A.J. Brown. DK Metcalf. There were even Debo Samuel rumblings. Right. Uh, I titled Blewett's last uh, live stream with Debo in the title. You know, not thinking the Jets realistically have a chance or Debo's going anywhere, but um, that would be to me of the three. Debo would be the guy. Uh, more, more realistically speaking, Brown or Metcalf. Do you have a preference of one of the two? Um, I mean, I always like Metcalf. You know, obviously the, the hustle showed on that play running down Buda Baker. And he's just a tough guy. Seems like a good kid. I remember him, you know, crying and calling his mom after he ran that 4-3 at the combine. You see what, you know, kind of person he is. But uh, Debo, he might be the best out of all of them. Yeah. I mean, what do you have? Seven, eight receiving catch- touchdowns, seven, eight running touchdowns. I mean, kids are special talent, you know, and, and it's tough as they come. But um, any one of those three would be, you know, a great addition to the team. Yeah, I agree. And Elijah Moore tweeted something or, or liked a tweet yesterday referring to uh, A.J. Brown, who who's, doesn't know what's happening right now in Tennessee. Uh, they were, of course, teammates at Old Miss. Uh, and funny, Metcalf, also Old Miss, he missed more by a year, I think it was. So right. all these Old Miss receivers uh, might be on the move. It's, it's interesting. But yeah, I agree with you. Brown, Metcalf, you can't lose either way. Right. Yeah, and you never know what who else is going to become available. 
But as far as the receivers, there there is a need for it, you know, especially if they don't go after, you know, even if they get one, they can still go after Drake London or, or one of those Wilson or any of those young receivers. So yeah. uh, listen, Joe's uh, in the game. He's willing to make some moves. Yeah, he, he he wants a veteran receiver. I think he's going to draft a rookie, no doubt about it. And that gets us to Drake London. Uh, we won't get too technical with the film, so we're going to break out some highlights on Drake London. Kind of roll through it with no audio. Uh, you know, we could stop it if you see something that you like. Discuss it. Uh, for you guys watching on YouTube, ask Wayne questions at any point. Comment about Drake London. And we'll take it from there. And to wrap it up, we'll get some of uh, Wayne's World Series picks as opening day starts this Thursday. Um, it, by the way, with rookies, do you have a preference yet in terms of London, Wilson, Burks? Or are you still undecided? Well, the film you sent me today of London, uh, some of it I hadn't seen yet. And what I did look at so far, I'm pretty uh, impressed with. It reminds me of a Mike Evans kind of guy. Is yeah. the best comparison I can come up with, but uh, just looking at the combine and you know the pro day stuff, I mean, there, there's a couple candidates there. Um, I don't think they're going to take one of four. I mean, obviously it would be a ten or, or trade back, but right. uh, yeah, the London stuff you sent me is impressive. Yeah, London, he's just got that perfect body, six four. He could high point the ball, and I think it meshes well with the other weapons on the team. I'm starting to come around to what Joe Blewett's saying, where London's the best prospect, uh, but I'm still split between him and Wilson. It's a matter of choice, I think, and the way the league is played. Uh, but let's let's roll the film here and uh, and see what Wayne has to say about London. Listen, he's he's not only running spot. deep routes. Right. I mean, he's running short routes, out routes, hitches, but you can see. When he gets the ball, he's digging. I mean, he yep. turns north-south. He's not messing around. And, like, when they get his hands on him, it's taking two, three guys to to bring him down. So you got to like a guy that fights for the extra yards. Um, yeah, and there was – um, I was watching film. He gets feisty with blocks, too. Yeah. Against Arizona, a cornerback on the first drive ripped his helmet off because he went after it hard on a block. And it happened again near the goal line. So, you know, I like a receiver who gets feisty when he blocks. Yeah, he's uh, tough to bring down, too. And what I like is the lack of, like, really crazy celebratory, like, right. in-your-face, where to, you know, hand the ball to the defensive black after, the, you know, he gets the big play. I like that. I like that. Barry Sanders that. type. Yeah. So, yep. um, yeah, I mean, look at look at the size difference he has on this cornerback. And might not be like that in the league, but this kid is uh, – High points the ball, catches the ball away from his body. Um, and certainly, like I said, can run more of the route tree, you know, as opposed to a guy like a Tyreek Hill. Without a doubt. And my first initial instinct when I watched him, Wilson, and Burks was I thought Wilson was the better route runner. I think London's the better route runner in terms of, especially in terms of reading defenses. I just think Wilson's feet are quicker which will serve him nicely in the NFL. But he's so much more raw than London in terms of reading defenses. Like here, he doesn't have to read anything, just has to beat one-on-one. Cornerbacks inside. I mean, it's no separation. The ball's not great, and he still comes down with it. The thing about it is he attacks the guy's technique 
he gets into him. He, so a lot of guys will make their move, you know, one step off the line of scrimmage. You got to get into the guy's, you know, coverage. You can't, you know, in a sense, make it move on air. Uh, yeah. He does that. He takes away the cushion and he makes the cornerback uncomfortable. And then he's real good at is turning the guy's hips. And once once he uh, turns their hips, he's already by him. Uh, and the best thing about that is the NFL is the um, back shoulder throw, which I think this guy would be great at. I didn't see uh, that much, too much of it. I, what, what I saw was great, but um, he'd be great at that in the NFL. Yeah, I, w- I wish we had a better view of this play, but this route is tremendous. I mean, he he stems it to a perfect spot to turn that corner's hips, and, and the route is just so smooth for a guy that size. And then he and then he even drifts inside when he because he knows he has to. So it's just a great route. Well, if you see, look on that. As soon as he gets through, he swims over. So now his shoulders in front of the DB shoulders. So now he's got leverage on him right away. You'll see it like with his right arm. He'll swim right over his that guy's in, inside left arm, and now he's beat. And if mm-hmm. there's a halfway decent throw, watch his right arm. He yep, takes right, right over. That, yeah. Yep. That's left right. Arm. That guy, five is done. He's on his heels already, and um, he's by him. Yeah, and, and the hips, hips yeah. return to the sideline. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. a lot of guys might make a move too, you know, premature, but he gets right into the – the DB's, um, you know, uh, you know, stance and, um, you know, look at him. I mean, he's still digging, you know? Yeah. yeah. He could, he could run after the catch too. He's not the fastest guy, but you know, that's okay with that size. You know, he, he he's a long strider. So uh, very pleasantly surprised with uh, his smarts when reading defenses, when attacking one-on-ones. Yeah. And like I said, he's running a variety of routes. Um and a variety of different catches, like he's coming back to the ball, yep. you know, hands away from his body. It's uh, it's tough to get around someone that that size frame. Basically, yeah, you're either uh, getting a pass interference, trying to go through him, or you got to make a great play to to you know not have him complete that pass. Yeah, he does that great coming back to the ball. Yeah. Uh, even there, yeah. like if he doesn't come back to that ball and he drifts, it, it's probably picked. If he tries to catch that in the end zone, it's knocked down. Yeah. Yeah. One-on-one fade. It's just, again, yeah. another high point. That's, yeah, he, he's he's got what you want and what the Jets need. This is some of the stuff we saw um, from Denzel Mims coming out from Baylor. Right. Uh, that was impressive, but like it's, we, we've talked, okay, he's trying to make a play on on every catch. You know, I know that sounds stupid that not everybody would be trying to do that, but th- that is the case. Not everybody's trying to, you know, get as many yards as he can in the NFL. I hate to say it, but not everybody's like that. This kid is right. taking the hits, getting downfield, driving his legs. Um, I'm impressed with him. I haven't watched this much film before today. But um, I'm I'm very impressed with him. I hope uh, you know he's the guy that the Jets go after in the draft. Yeah, and he never. To your point, he's he never alligator arms it. He never he's never afraid of contact, even before right. the catch. I mean, right there into double coverage. What was it? A post into? Uh, they're too deep. Uh, Tampa two. He he knew there was going to be a second guy, and, and he's still no fear. Yeah, I just think that. Yeah. I tell you, man, it looks like Mike Evans. 
yeah. the way his body language and, and how he how he runs around and stuff like that. And it's pretty good comparison. And if you can get someone as good as him, I gotta see. He's still fighting, man. Helmet, my initial concern. Yeah. My initial concern was availability because he got injured last year, but it was a broken ankle. I mean, anyone could break their ankle. Right. Yeah, big difference from a broken ankle or a sprain that's supposed to be, you know, you know, four weeks and he's out for six, seven weeks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like him. He's got a little, little sass to him, a little attitude to him, but you, you kind of need that in New York. All day. How does he find that right there? Yeah, he sits down in the zone. Yep. Well, like I said, he catches it and turns north and south and uh, gets as many yards as possible. Yeah, that's that's top of the first round pick talent right there. Cover one man, single high safety, and that's the thing. If you go, if you have a London on the outside, defensive coordinator's in trouble right away. You know, yeah. Mike Evans. If you go single single high, you're risking it every single time. Yeah, he's good at hand fighting too. Yep. Yeah, that's not an easy play, folks, to come to the inside like that. Yeah. So this is our guy, man. We need to try to get him at 10. I'm convinced after watching uh, this amount of film on him. Well, uh, maybe, well, the plan, the soft plan is to go Garrett Wilson next week. Uh, But we'll see what happens. I mean, that's a ridiculous high point catch right there. Yeah. So And then he one hands it. Yeah. Some of these throws are look comparable to the the throws Zach Wilson had. last year as far as giving the receivers opportunities to uh to catch the ball right i think it'll be a good pairing hey, look at this he one hands it and the other thing like to your point he's really smart against the coverages i mean inside shade outside shade leverage it's a, he always seems to make up for it right hurdling a guy too i mean yeah like i said he's not going down easy he's gonna make you know you ever seen these plays with the one play that stood out for DK Metcalf, he ran a slant into traffic. The, the, you know, the quarterback kind of laid him out, and the guy came up to hit DK. The ball wasn't completed, but DK got blindsided and it absolutely destroyed the DB. And just to show you how how tough the guy is, mm-hmm. this kid is comparable, man. Yeah, he even they even ran a lot of receiver screens, a lot of bubble screens with him too, which is right. not as easy for a bigger guy. Right. Um, again, coming back to the ball, Jonathan Richter says he's really interested to see his 40 time. Uh, no one exactly knows what his 40 time would be. Uh, so that is a good call out. But as um, Wayne says, it really does not matter without the pads on. No, it, it doesn't. Um, it's, he has game speed. When you could, when you could cover that much tracks, with, with you know how long his legs are that you know that's that's game speed that you don't you know that doesn't uh you know you can't see that on a 40 time what this mm. what this kid's doing you know kev chats asks does london compare to Keyshawn? and maybe the usc connection here uh brings that up we need his catch radius to catch zach's errant passes oh, a little backhanded uh uh insult there to end the question what do you um, think? Well, if you think Zach Wilson is not, you know, accurate, then I don't know what to tell you. Go back and watch the film. Watch the film when he's getting any kind of protection. 
The exactly. thing is, and I said this early in the year when he was in his funk, he's as ac- he's a really accurate quarterback. It's just he was not getting the protection, number one, and number two, he was just fouled up mentally. And, well, and there's a difference between being fouled up mentally and being inaccurate. Well, you got to understand something. He was roaring for his life the first, you know, five, six games. And there's this plays that I understand that the fans might understand where it looks like an Aaron throw that's picked off like an easy interception, not realizing that the receiver ran the wrong route or fell down. If you go back and look at the film. So for anybody to think the kid's not accurate, you know, it's, you know, not the case, but uh, you certainly could use a guy like this with a wide radius to, to help a quarterback in case the ball gets away from him a little bit. Mm-hmm. All right, let's watch this. I wanted to see if it was. Now nah, I can't. You can't see the coverage. Maybe the other angle. But the point is, he finds the soft spot perfectly on this play. Let's see the high safety goes right to him. So it's pretty much it's like a cover two on his side, basically, and he finds that soft spot, the perfect spot. Another wide receiver screen for the audio only people. What are some of these questions here? Uh, what do we got oh, here? Tomorrow's London's pro day. Okay, so we'll know more tomorrow. Yep, tomorrow's his pro day. Again, coming back for the ball on the sideline, breaking tackles. I think it's my fight in Irish here. Let's say evening, gents. I always love Jets smashing on football. Jets have lost that over the past seasons. We like to see a nasty fullback on the team up until Sanchez. We always had that ground game security. Um, I don't know any potential fullbacks uh, coming out in the uh, the draft. That's usually a, a late draft, uh, late round kind of guy. But um, yeah, we even have a uh, you know whispers of going after uh, another running back. You know, kind of running back by committee. But, um, you know, sometimes they have some of these tight ends come out of the backfield, um, you know, in, in lead like a pulling guard. Uh, yeah, I want to get back to that. This is what I thought about London. This guy in the red zone is going to be special. And you throw that in with Conklin and Azuma, the two tight ends, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to be tough to stop. They're, yeah. They will be one of the top red zone teams as far as uh, touchdown, touchdown completion down there. Um, these are three very good, uh, you know, inside the 10, inside the 20, um, options. Watch this route folks. So he's, it's a, it's more of a closer split and he, he knows the DBs far outside of him. So what does he have to do? Stem it outside, get even watch this route. He's not boom, only, boom. yeah, he's not only widening him, he's giving himself room from the safety. That's right. what I mean. The, the route calls for that, but the farther he can widen that guy, the further away right. he's going to be from the safety over the top. So he's smart. Right. And, yeah. and he does it late too. It's more, it's, it's like a double move instead of yeah. a stem pretty yeah. much. Yeah. It's just turns his hips. He's Somewhere. a good route runner for sure. Kenyon Galata wondering if Barrios reached out to me as a guru and master uh, about how to elevate his game further. Nah, I, I've never spoken to him. But I'm looking forward to getting uh, into the complex now that the COVID restrictions are lowered. Uh, what a chance to maybe go out to camp and, and see him if he wants to pick my brain. Um, you know, I'm more than happy to help him any way I can. I think he's going to have a great year. Yeah, I think people think of uh, Barrios as Luke Skywalker and you as Yoda these yeah. days. 
It means I'm the really old guy. <laughs> wisdom. Wisdom, Wayne. Oh. Um, all right. Some guy, the, the guy's name, the username is some guy. Like to hear Wayne's thoughts on the injury to Jamison Williams. How players bounce back from injuries. Can he keep his speed? If so, how long would it be? Did he have an Achilles? That killed Achilles? That, that was going to be my question. I, for some reason, I can't remember. I think it was an Achilles, but I'm not positive. Um, yeah, it's it's tough that, you know, these kids get hurt. And he got hurt in the bowl game, right? Yes. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot in of the these, championship game. Knee, it was a knee injury. Yeah, a lot of these kids declined playing their bowl, their bowl games because of the, the risk. But obviously you can't not play in the you know, national championship. But, yeah, guys can come back from that. And I saw on social media, you know, videos of him doing like, you know, agility stuff and stuff like that. And it looks good. He still has a lot of time before um, before training camp and mini camps. But these, uh, you know, the doctors and the medical staffs and all these teams take every precaution. So if that kid's not, you know, you know, his rehab's not going well, they won't take him. He'll drop. But from what I see, he'll still uh, should be in the first round. Yeah, and then someone connected. I can't remember who reported it. Someone connected to the Jets having interest in Jamison Williams. Uh, but you're going to get a lot of that with a lot of prospects this time of year. Um, well, yeah. Neil, Someone's, go ahead. Okay. No, somebody he said the knee. Yeah, his knee. Yeah, it was it was a knee ACL. Uh, Neil Skankarella says, "I remember Wayne walking into Image of Fitness where his dad trained. Wayne always dribbling the basketball." Image yes. of Fitness. Image of Fitness is a gym in Garfield, New Jersey, where I grew up. Uh, and it was actually in a strip mall. Um, and my dad's office was above the gym. So I used to go in there and uh, hang out with him while he lifted. He worked out every day. He was a yeah. professional bodybuilder in Image of Fitness. That's like 30-plus years ago, man. That's when I was a kid. Uh, kind of grade school. Um, so that's funny that people – will remember that, but yeah, I was always in there dribbling to basketball or doing sit-ups with my dad or something like that. Um, so uh, that was the place to be back in the uh, early 80s, late 70s. <laughs> Steven Engel says, tell Wayne I met him in the Freehold Mall about three times. Okay, thank you, Steven. Yeah, that's my uh, that's the place I go all the time. I'm in there. Uh, so I get a chance to run in some, to, some local fans all the time. I always look forward to that. Uh, Big Green says, hope he doesn't jump for every ball. Uh, I guess referring to London. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't see a problem with that. I don't see any of that. I yeah. mean, I see him coming back to the ball if you planted. So I don't, I don't know if they, they can see the video. Yeah. Um, the key, Sean, we already went over that. Um, Kenyon Galata, evening gents. I always love Joe. We already went over that one too. Any other ones here? Yeah, CD, CD said, thanks, Wayne. Guys are running the wrong routes or not being precise early last season. He said, if you if you watched the games, not like you have to watch game film, you could tell, you know, um, what was what was wrong with the, um, the beginning of the season, how, uh, you know, where the interceptions were coming from. Some were, like, bad ones, but some of them, like, weren't, weren't his fault. Um, so I just want to let people know that he's not an inaccurate quarterback. 
Right. He's the farthest fit thing from an inaccurate quarterback. Yeah. Uh, Kev Chatta, side note, do you ever, Wayne, do you ever relive running over a DB or linebacker, whether it's carrying the ball or block on a crack back on a crack or anything of that nature? Yeah. I always tell people like, you know, I crave the contact. I missed the contact. Most of it, dude, let me tell you something. I did an appearance, um, a week or so ago at the stadium. Some guy says to me, people say stuff to me and they get diarrhea of the mouth and they don't know what they're saying. And I understand they're nervous or they don't know what to say or, you know, not mean spirited. And some guy like honestly says to me, he's like, I want to ask you a question. He's like, do you think you would have had a better career if you were taller? I'm like, what does that mean? What does that even mean? No, yeah. it doesn't. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean I would have had a better career. What are you telling me? Every tall receiver receiver would have a better career because they're taller. It's nonsense. I wouldn't have been the same player if I was any smaller, any, any taller. So, yeah, something like that. Question. Yeah, it was just a stupid question, and I let the guy know it. <laughs> you know, yeah. without offending him too much, because I, you know, it was embarrassing. Like the guy, it's like you know, I was just like, no, man. I'm like, I'm happy this size I am, the size I was, and I'll never, you know, wish I was this or that. So, uh, no, I would not have had a better career if I was taller. I don't know what. I don't know what sense that made. See, the, some people can't wrap their head around the the fact that something like that never enters the mind. Well, wait, well, wait a second. No, did I, did I tell you that this guy was about eight inches shorter than me? No, this, kid, this guy was the size of my ten year old son, which makes it worse. I'm like, you know, short guys like us. I'm like, listen, you are like my ten year old. I'm like, yeah. you know, and people always say, "Oh, I thought you looked bigger on TV," and I understand that. And then you look small compared to standing next to Jumbo Elliott. Listen, I'm just about 5'10". I'm normal size for a guy, not for being out there. But uh, no, I think uh, made me what I was. And I enjoy 99.9% of my interaction with the fans. I love hearing yep. stories. I love telling stories. I love everything about it. I'll, I'll always love it. I'll never be sick of it. I'll never be sick of signing an autograph or taking a picture. But just sometimes people just come up to me and I'm just like, what is going through these people's minds? Yeah, I, I hear you. And, and hey, listen, we're getting old, right? You know, when you yeah. get old, you shrink a little bit too. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, that's, my, that's my story. I was just like, wow, this is, and I'm driving home. I'm like, did that, you know, like, what answer did he expect me to say? Yes. Like, yeah. So yeah. Uh, let's get into our baseball picks. All right. And one quick side note, if my dad's listening, you're not 5'10", buddy. You know, who he's, he's, he keeps saying, he always says he's 5'10". My dad? Yeah. He's not even close. At one point, maybe he was 5'9", five, 5'9 nine, five, nine and a half, but he shrunk to about 5'8". Yeah. Just so everyone listening could hear that. Well, I'm not that old yet, but I'm getting there. <laughs> hey, I've already shrunk an inch. Yeah. My posture, yeah. I got one of those, um, the, the posture correctors. I got to start wearing it more. Because it is just brutal, you know, shrinking an inch is not good. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, we're, uh, opening day this Thursday should have been last week, but we know what happened there. Uh, Rob Manfred's trying to destroy baseball, in my opinion, uh, whether it's intentional or not. Who the hell knows? But opening day this Thursday, Wayne. Well, first of all, I know I know you like both the Yankees and the Mets. I'm kind of the same way, actually. I grew up a diehard Yankees fan, but. Baseball is one of those sports where I, my diehard fandom kind of died out. So I kind of like both teams and I could relate to Mets fans. 
Um, did you grow up more of a Yankees fan or a Mets fan? I think Yankees fan, correct? Yeah, I was a big Yankee fan. Yeah. Uh, growing up. And, um, you know, became more of a Met fan. Just meeting guys. And like I said, I've always said when Willie Randolph became a coach, you know, I started rooting for them a little more. But I always root for New York teams. Uh, and I think both of them, you know, the Yankees and the Mets, you know, made some nice moves. The Mets more than the Yankees. So it uh, should be hopefully exciting season for, for both New York teams. Yeah, the Yankees traded away Gary Sanchez and Urshela. Um, and then the new catcher is injured already, I believe. Yeah. So, um, um, But we'll, actually, fantasy. Are you in any fantasy leagues or are you going with a daily fantasy starting Thursday? No, just a daily fantasy. Looking forward to uh, Thursday's uh, slate. And I think uh, just paying attention and watching stuff gives you like an advantage the first week or so. You know, because there's no like uh, statistics uh, what the, what's going on in the year, no trends. So anything you pick up in the preseason kind of helps you. World Series picks put you on the spot, AL versus NL. Who do you got? AL versus NL? Well, who's gonna, who would, who's your World Series pick this year? Um, I'm going to go with uh, the Mets to, mm. to pull through, even though I'm, I'm a Mets fan, Yankee fan, because it has to be a New York team. Uh, that I'm rooting for a win and uh, just the moves they've made. Um, you know, I like that they put the money where the mouths are. So hopefully they, uh, hopefully they come up with a big year. It's been a while. Yeah. Steve Cohen is, uh, you know, finally getting the Mets back to, you know, big, big money spenders. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go kind of out of left field. I'm going to go with the blue Jays this year. Okay. It, Bichette is just, he's one of the best players in the league. He's on my fantasy team too, but so I got to root for him. And uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And and they got some young pitchers. So I'll go with Toronto, bringing us back to the early 90s with uh, all those guys Roberto Alomar, John Alarud, and and, um, the Joe Carter home run. Joe Carter, that's right, against Philly in 93. So that was a hell of a team. One of these days, Toronto, we'll, we'll get back there. All right. And we'll touch on some uh, daily fantasy stuff every week, uh, how we're doing and stuff like that. Absolutely. So we'll be back next Monday, folks. Uh, I think we'll do Garrett Wilson. Uh, like Wayne said, touch on some daily fantasy stuff. Draft is, what, in three or four weeks. So yeah. we're getting there. Um we're getting there we'll do garrett wilson next week and see if he could rival london and then maybe if we have enough time we'll do burks after that okay. uh, whether or not the jets go receiver at 10 is the big question hopefully thibodeau at four or if they go gardner that would surprise me but hey i wouldn't hate it uh, because douglas and Salah want to build inside out uh the best thing you guys could do for us is go to itunes and rate and review give us a five-star review at itunes Go to jetsxfactor.com, use discount code 80. Those subscriptions are coming in, flying in fast and furious. You can get a a free Wayne Corbett signed autograph photo, eight by what is it, eight by 10, correct? Yeah. And there's a bunch of options in case you like a particular uh, jersey uh, type that we had, uniform type. Yep. Go to jetsxfactor.com backslash podcasts backslash underdog hyphen jets it's in the menu uh click on podcast in the menu and you'll find it and uh you know until next time we'll uh watch some baseball and return monday 
Oh, one more thing. Kansas or UNC tonight? Um, uh, I, Kansas is a better team, but like I said, I'm rooting for uh, UNC to, to, to pull it off. Yeah, me too. I got to go Hubert. Yeah. So well, right. thanks to everybody for their questions and joining in and, and until next week. All right, Wayne, Jets fans, until next time. Yeah.